Well, hey, good evening. Welcome to High Street Young Adults event Tuesday night live. You asked for it. This is a question and answer time just for young adults here in Springfield. Uh, we hope that you're having a good time jumping on. Hey, ask us a question. Jump in the comments. Uh, send us a message with any questions you might have. We've got a couple that you've already sent in, but I'm going to introduce who we've got tonight. Logan and Coco, how are you guys doing? So good. So glad to be here. Young adult fam, we miss you. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I really do like I'm at the point now where I'm going to be so hyped whenever we get to be in person again. You guys like you don't, don't even, even know. know as an extrovert. I need to hug somebody. <laughs> I need to hug. Some, the good thing about it is I have two kids that like are, are fine with hugs. So I just tackle them. If I get lonely, I just hug my kids. Um, but uh, I want to start things off. We're going to I want to softball you guys a couple. OK, before we really j dive in. I need a good warm up. What? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can't just jump into a question and answer. What are your favorite and least favorite things about being quarantined? It's a bittersweet time. True. How do you feel about it? True, man. Uh, my favorite thing is I've been balling it up with James, my little brother. Man, it's been a good time. So we do that on Who the wins? on the reg. So uh, that's been my favorite. My least favorite is I'm ready to see people. I am just ready. So that aren't me and Logan. Yeah. Did she? Sure. Jared asked but who wins basketball. You, you kind of just. Oh y'all. Went I, past it. I have to be honest. I've been killing it. I've been winning, and I Good. keep telling James get his head in the game. Yeah. So you it's know. time for him to put in the work too. For sure. Good. And Coco sure. was a two-sport athlete in high school. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys realize that, True. but um, she was a varsity letter in two sports. So um, my favorite part about quarantine has been spending more time with my daughter, uh, Nova. She's 15 months old. And uh, my least favorite part about quarantine has been uh, spending time with my daughter, Nova. <laughs> so um, I mean that in the best way possible. But when she throws a fit, there's no way to reason with a one-year-old. Um, so I, I don't really know. It's it's good. It's great. The real sorry. Go ahead, Jared. What is your favorite? Well, least the, favorite? the, the real know. reason I asked this question was so that I could rag on you two. The I have two least favorite things about quarantine about you two. Uh, Logan, it's that you've been talking about needing a haircut for like two months, <laughs> and your hair looks exactly like it does all the time. So I don't I don't really understand it. Uh, Coco, every Zoom call, Zoom phone call, you have like a resort, like a beautiful area out in front of your your house. It's like it's got beautiful landscaping, plants, and like beautiful rockers. So. Of course, you go outside. Why wouldn't you? The weather's been incredible. It's my outdoor but, office. But also, all, every bird in Springfield makes their home out there, and you can hear, you can hear every bird on this side of the Mississippi. And it's, can I forget to mute too? Yeah, you're telling me. So that's <laughs> my, my least favorite thing about quarantine so far. Uh, that's the really <laughs> only reason I brought that question up. Uh, so if you guys could stop doing that, I'd appreciate it. If there's any neighbors um, watching out there. I'll let you uh, mute your haircut, Zoom is so. all I have to say. But, hey, um, we're, we want to welcome anybody who's just jumping on uh, to our live Q&A uh, with Logan and Coco and myself for High Street Young Adults. Uh, if you have questions, uh, throw them onto uh, the comments or send us a message on Facebook. Uh, we'd love to, to answer any questions you might have. We have a couple that have been sent in already from Instagram and Facebook. So we're excited to jump into that tonight. If this is your first time, we just want to say welcome. We're glad that you're checking us out. Uh, we we get together because Christ has changed our lives, and we hope that you would uh, fill out a connection card so that we could send more information to you about that. But are you all, are you all ready? I think Let's so. Do it. Okay. Let's go. 
All right. So here is our first question. <laughs> we keep having the same response. This is going to be great. It. They're going to answer the exact same thing. Coco, any more thoughts? Yeah, the same as Logan. Um, here's our first question that we got sent over, I think, Instagram. Um, how, how can you be single and thrive? How can you be single and thrive? And uh, I just wanted to take a part of that. I'm going to let Coco take the, the rest of it. But uh, I think you have to be careful how you answer the 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 idea of thriving. What it, what does thrive mean to you? Um, are we defining thriving how the Bible answers thriving and doing what God wants us to do and building the kingdom of God? Or are we defining thriving how the American dream uh, defines thriving? Because I think those are not always the same and not um, necessarily going to be promised as the American dream. So Coco, how would you define, like, how would you be single and, and thrive? What are some thinking points? Yeah, I think that's such a good question. And for all of you out there that you're asking that, I think especially in this time of isolation, it can kind of come up to the front of your mind more often. So for myself, I have to be reminded often um, that God is the one that fulfills his purposes for me. Um, I love the verse. I have this verse for us uh, from Psalms 138. And it says, the Lord who will work out his plans for my life, your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. And I love that because God is the one who fulfills his purposes. So whatever that may be, he's going to do it. So just have, um, just sit back and relax a little bit because God is going to take care of you. And uh, and so I think that's really comforting. I think, um, number one, I would say acknowledge uh, your feelings. Acknowledge that you have that desire to be married. And I think that's okay to acknowledge it. I think that so many times uh, I just have to be like, man, I, I need to talk to somebody about this and tell them like, this is actually something that I want. I want to be married. Um, and I think God wants us, he wants to hear that from us too. So acknowledge that. Um, the second thing I would say is get in community. Um, I think we have, we long for a relationship. Maybe that's um, obviously to be married or whatever, but God has uh, different relationships in store for us as well. And we can find those in community. I, I can think of, um, man, different small groups that you can be a part of. And, um, and those types of relationships, you don't have to be lonely during this time of singleness. You know, God has created you to be in relationship with people. So find people and um, get in a group with them. I think that's so, so huge. Um, third, I would say serve like crazy. I think this is the time to invest in the kingdom. And so since you have more time on your hands, uh, you're not married, you don't have kids yet, oh my goodness, serve like crazy. And I think it's so cool because when you serve in the church, we believe here that the local church is the hope of the world. And so when we serve, we're not just serving uh, to sow stuff here on earth. It's actually sowing things into eternity. And so take, go sign up and serve somewhere because God is so pleased when we can partner with him uh, to serve. And so, and I think the last thing I would say about thriving in singleness, I think it's, um, it's so important for you to extend your patience. Don't lower your standards. I heard that from a pastor. Don't lower your standards, extend your patience. And when I think of patience, sometimes I, I think of, okay, I'm just going to sit back and like wait for this to happen. But I think we can have an active patience where we're not just sitting back waiting for things to happen, but we're actually working on ourselves. We're doing some soul work. We're trying to figure out, okay, God, what do you want to work out in me that I need to do right now? Uh, because we always can have this grass is greener on the other side mentality, but the grass is actually greener where you water it. And so take time to um, invest in the relationships that you do have and take time to ask God to um, do big things in your life because I don't think that you will regret 
making sure that you are doing things that you that God wants you to do. And so um, take the, don't waste this season. Uh, really invest this season. And that's how I would say thrive because we can absolutely do what God has called us to do um, if we are paying attention. So, yeah, what do you guys have to say about that? You, you just preached. I'm fine with what you said. It was great. Yeah, I think I think what you said is right, and it is such an opportunity to. Um, it, it's hard. I think we have to acknowledge the. You know, when when someone asks that, like, if they want a relationship, single, um, it's tough. You know, and and I I just want to encourage anyone who has that to just continue to go to God with it. And um, I know that there's more areas than just relationships where people have questions, but that is a big question for us. And uh, you know, it, I just want to acknowledge to everyone that it, it's not easy. So. Yeah, and that, that has to do with the next question. Um, what does it look like to pursue someone? I mean, we have a lot of our, our, our people, a lot of young adults are single and looking for someone. And I think we can probably all agree that we've seen people pursue someone, try to date someone to get married in the right way and someone that's done it in the wrong way. And I would just say to start, like, use wisdom. Like, don't like what you said. Don't lower your standards. Just because you've struck out doesn't mean you should change your batting stance. It shouldn't shouldn't change everything about you. Um, it, it, it I means, love the sports analogy. Well, I'm missing a lot of slow pitch softball, so I'm I'm trying to get it back in other ways. But just because just because something didn't work doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. I think that you need to consider it. That's what community helps you see. It's a different perspective, but it doesn't mean that you should lower your standards. It doesn't mean that you should. Um, consider a foolish way to find someone. Be wise in the way that you pursue someone. Logan, what would you say? Yeah, I think when it comes to relationships and when you are pursuing someone, we were going to do a series here before all this went down, and we were going to call it Guard Your Heart, where we are really going to be talking about what you, you we've heard that phrase before and i used to like kind of cringe when i would hear someone say guard your heart because it, it the church it, really took it over yes it's very kind of cheesy um but another way you could say it is like how do you have like emotional purity um and so when it comes to a relationship i think we need to understand that it, we in order to guard our heart there's kind of a two-way street with this and i'll explain this is the first is that we need to be absolutely vigilant with protecting our own hearts when it comes to relationships. We need to be absolutely vigilant in, in, in maintaining that our soul is focused on who God has created us to be, what he says about us, and we need to be vigilant in pursuing his causes. Uh, and the second thing I would say comes a lot of what, what you were saying, Jared, is that we need to be wise we need to be wise in the way we communicate with others. We need to be respectful and courteous and protect the hearts of other people. We need to help other people maintain their emotional purity. And to kind of define those a little bit, um, when it comes to guarding your heart and being vigilant and guarding your heart, I'll use this example. You've probably seen someone before that's been in a relationship and they abandoned all of their friendships really and they solely hung out with that one person that they were pursuing and all of their other relationships are gone. And what happens is, is they continue to invest all of their emotional energy into that relationship, and they put all of their hope in that relationship. And so if it ends, they're crushed. And 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares. That him is God, that if we are casting our cares and our anxieties upon anybody, it's not in a relationship, not just a romantic relationship, but literally every relationship 
is secondary to our relationship with Christ. And so we need to be vigilant in protecting our own hearts and maintaining our perspective. The second part of that track is we need to respect other people. Colossians 4, 6 says that we need to let our speech be gracious always, seasoned with salt, so that we know how we ought to answer each person. So like gracious speech, what does that mean? That's speech that is sweet, it's delightful, it's joyful. That's the way we should be communicating with others. But the second part of that verse, it's Colossians 4, 6, it says season with salt. What does salt do? It does two things. It makes things taste better. It adds flavor to whatever it's in. And that gracious speech should add to relationships. The second piece of that is that salt preserves things. So when you're speaking in a gracious manner, it should be preserving the relationships around you. And that's not just when you're pursuing someone, that's in every relationship. And really, honestly, speaks to me like in my marriage right now. I need to be better at that. Yeah, my wife just texted me while you're talking and said, wow, this could be used in, in marriage too. So thanks for that. What's up, Tyler? So, so yeah, she's in the house. Um, <laughs> So we talk about when you pursue someone, use wisdom, guard your heart. Coco, you, you talked about like clarity. What, is, what does clarity do in pursuing someone? Man, I think clarity is kindness. So, you know, whenever a guy is pursuing a girl, I think it's so important to be clear that you're trying to pursue a girl. Um, you know, I, I just think that if someone is, uh, Jared was joking earlier, tell what you, you said, yeah, I was dying people, at this. 13 people going to see a Marvel movie doesn't, doesn't scream date. Doesn't scream that they're trying to go on a date with you. I love that. Uh, but I think it's so important to be clear about what you want to do. You want to go on a date because you're interested in that person. Uh, I think a lot of times in the church world, we're like, okay, they, they do, uh, they check all the boxes. And I think that I can, I can probably ask you now cause I'm confident, like with everything. But I think it's so, if you like somebody, if you're interested in getting to know somebody more, oh my goodness, like ask them on a date and say it's a date. And I think that that is so, it's so good because girls tend to wonder. So we're like, wait, so what is this? Is this a date? Is it not? I'm just not sure. And uh, so just being clear is so kind. But I think also whenever we, whenever it doesn't work out, like that's okay. And uh, just being really clear that it's not going to work out. But, um, you know, I think for the ladies out there, if it didn't work out and uh, you're going home telling all your roommates and your friends that his jokes were terrible and it was just a really bad time because he took you to this restaurant he loved, but you didn't like it, whatever. Uh, well, that could be someone's future husband. So show respect to him uh, and just say it just didn't work out and he's a great guy still. Uh, so I think you can totally add value to people and respect people even if it doesn't work out. So I think just being so clear um, and communicating with people is such a gift. And so do it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like clarity takes away a lot of the like danger of like, oh man, I see that person across the room and man, I don't. I didn't leave things so well. They, I left them on red. I didn't call them back. And like, that's what, that's what makes people have some scar tissue towards other people because they just don't know. You just don't know how things ended. I have a friend who um, liked this girl. He, he met her at church, liked her, um, heard good things about her. You know, she had a good reputation. He, she had good character. And he was like, I'm just going to ask her out. So he, I, I don't know how he asked her, but he asked her out and said, hey, I, 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 I like you. Um, I, I like what I've heard about you. Would you like to go on a date with me? And they went on a date. And afterwards, she he messaged her and said, hey, I'd love to go out on another date. And she messaged him and said, hey, I wasn't feeling it. Thank you. And they, he told me I felt honored in being told that. And he was like, we're good now. Like, I don't worry I about that. how things are because there was clarity on both sides. They didn't have to go, man, I'm just going to not try to not see him for a while. Right. And I think that that standard of like 
if you could point to someone else, would you point one of your friends to date that guy? Hey, I wasn't feeling it, but you might. And I think that holds the standard high of like, I'm not going to trash their name to somebody. Mm. I'm not going to treat them in a way that is going to make it awkward if I try to date one of their friends. And not that that's what you're trying to do or that, but I think that's a good thing to think about and kind of keep in the back of your mind as you think about dating. Well, even in the book of Titus, it talks about how we're to be courteous in our speech towards other people. And so just because you weren't vibing with somebody doesn't mean you got to tear them down. Um, And that's like in every situation, really. Yeah, that's true of friendships. Did you have something, Coco? I was just going to say to all the guys out there, just be bold. I think that's huge. Girls are attractive to a guy who is bold about it. And so do it. Shoot your shot. Shoot that shot. Can I tell do a story it. real quick? Yeah. Uh, my my first date with my wife, Emma, she's watching from home right now. It was not like an awesome date. She told me that she told her secrets to her dog, and I didn't know that she was, like, joking, okay? Because she has a way of joking that you can't tell. So you were just like... <laughs> I was like, she might be crazy. I was like, this girl is insane. But uh, no, and, and it, it wasn't great. And it, we, we didn't like go out again for a while. But I'm married to her now. And we have uh, our so something daughter. Something went yeah, well, yeah. Like, and I think it's important to know, like, it's okay to go on a couple of dates and like to see, um, you know, what's going on. And, and be bold, right? Um, I think that's some good advice that uh, we don't have to have the perfect situation figured out right away. Yeah. But give it some time. Because marriage is your your undivided love it's your it's your your full love and dating is trying to figure out if that person is worthy of that now you love everyone as as a christian as a brother and sister in christ but that's the person that you're gonna you're gonna tether your life to and yeah you can you can go on a couple dates and figure out if you don't and if you don't like it just say no just and and we can marry anyone so anyone who's watching and you will marry you know yeah Uh, i saw someone do like a zoom marriage I don't know if it's legal, but I'll try it. You can try it. I'll, I'll. Hey, I thought of something else, too. I know we were talking to the guys about being bold, but to the ladies out there, if, he, if he's a good Christian guy, say yes. Like, I think that that's a good thing to say yes to, um, you know, and, and just see where it goes. I think that's a good word for, for the ladies to hear. Okay, our next question um, was, how do you deal with guilt? For example, sexual impurity, not sharing Christ when you know you should have, or just a general feeling like a failure as a Christian. Um, And I'll take this one because I'm a failure in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm just kidding, but (laughs) everybody fails. I'll just take this question. But um, how do you deal with with guilt? Um, Guilt's something that I think is just straight from Satan. I don't think God is going to put guilt on you. He's not going to shame you about anything. He took away shame and guilt on the cross. Um, So I think that's different. That's different than conviction, right? He is going to convict you, but to stay there, right? Yeah, and and I think you have to kind of consider like, what is it that you have guilt of? Is it unrepented sin? Is it something that's just kind of lingering? Is it? I mean, I feel guilty about like the way I treated someone in 2007. You know, like laying laying in bed at night, you can go, man, I was an idiot to that person. What do I do? I feel guilt about about those type of scenarios. But I think you have to circle them back around to like, okay, has Christ changed me? Um, I think about 2 Corinthians 5 where it says that if anyone's found in Christ, he's a new creation. The old's gone away. Behold, the new has come. And you have to kind of consider, okay, I messed up. That is That is me. That's my flesh. I have to dig in deeper to Christ. I have to dig in deeper into who he's making me into as a believer and not just live it in it and go, yeah, I'm, I'm the worst person of all time because I can, I can be correct in that sometimes and go, yeah, I am bad. So I would, I would say to the person that's dealing with like 
guilt or shame? Um, is it is it maybe conviction that you've let live there a little too long, and it Satan's kind of taken a foothold? Um, I was listening to a, a pastor this week, and he was talking about uh, sin that's just hard to get rid of, and he. He, he was talking about Ephesians 2 and how uh, you, we're dead in our trespasses. If you're, if you're looking to just get up from your sin, it's not going to feel better anytime soon. It's not going to just, like, will enough to just get out of that sin. So he uses the acronym CPR, and it's the C is for confess. Um, James 5 talks about how um, if we confess our sins um, to each other, we'll have healing. And I think there's a lot of people that have um, forgiveness from their sins from God, but then they don't feel any different. There's nothing that's different because they haven't healed. And I think that's such a big piece of our walk with Christ is that he wants us to not just be forgiven. He wants us to be healed. And yeah, if you're walking around unhealed, it's going to feel bad. It's going to feel like shame or guilt. Um, but if if you can step into that healing, and me and my wife were just talking about this on the way here, there's something about um, just even speaking out what you're going through right now. Something about just like getting it off of your chest and your heart and your mind. And like, I think there's just even a physical thing that happens when you just unearth something that's going on. It's like, oh my gosh, I told somebody and they didn't just leave me. They didn't just run away. And I think that's what is valuable about about Christian community is is that we know that nobody's perfect. I know that I'm capable of any number of things. Any any other person's capable of, of any number of sins. So, there's not a whole lot that surprises me anymore to go, yeah, I, I understand that that happens, and I still love you. God would still forgive you, so I probably should too. And I think that's where you start to see healing come in, because Satan's going to convince you that you're the only one who's ever dealt with a certain sin. And, man, how could you? That's he, awful. Yeah, he wants you to be isolated. Yeah, if he can isolate you, he can he can ruin you. Um, so that's the C is to confess. Um P is pray. I, I think about one of my favorite sections of scripture is in Psalm 51 when David repents of his sin from with Bathsheba. I mean, he's just had one of the worst sins of his life. He slept with another man's wife. She got pregnant. He uh, killed her husband. This just awful train of events. And in that, he's just praying to God and just pouring out his heart. And one of the things that he prays is that God would like let him uh, be a, a teacher to other sinners. And like, I think if we can just pray through some of our emotions and, and just unload everything to God, I think sometimes I'm not convinced he can take everything. And I, he can. I think that's such a silly thought to, to even say out loud. But just to, to get a journal and write out everything that I'm thinking about my sin. And every time I'm thinking about it, every time that sin comes up to go, hey, God, I'm just, I'm just going to pray about this. If you want Satan to stop tempting you in something, and he's not going to stop tempting you, but if you want to show him what your train of thought's going to be, hey, tempt me. I dare you. I'm going to pray. And, w- and watch what happens with your life. Um, and then the, the R, so P is pray, con- C is confess, P is pray, R is remove it. Is there a relationship, is there a, a certain sin in your life that like is just kicking your tail over and over and over and over? Um, can you remove that in a way? Is your phone causing you to sin? Is your re- certain relationship causing you to sin? Um, Jesus said, hey, is it, it's better that you cut off your hand or gouge out your eye than to look at something or to sin with your hand. And it's like, surely he wasn't being, you know, literal, but I think he was, he, he was saying, hey, it's better to walk into the kingdom of God without a hand than it is an unrepentant heart. And I think that, that we can sometimes go, yeah, he's just being figurative. No, I, I think he wants us to live life in a way that honors him. 
So I think we'll, we'll take things to the 90th percentile and go, God, I'm really trying. But are we really going to 100th percent and going, God, I want to get rid of this sin in my life. I'm willing to go all of the way. Because I think sometimes that, that guilt is because I left a trail of breadcrumbs back to the sin that I like and it feels good. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a couple things on the outside that people will go, man, that Jared, he's doing a couple things to really make sure that sin doesn't come back. But I know how I can get back to it. And I think that's what we have to be careful of. That's where that feeling comes from, that shame comes from, that conviction. We're not fooling God like he knows no. the breadcrumb. No, he knows exactly what's, what's coming back. Do you guys have any thoughts on, on those? Knows a financer if you don't. I mean, I, the verse that I think of is like flee from sin. What does flee mean? It doesn't mean like I'm going to scoot on by. It means like run, get out of there, do whatever you can to get away. So like what you said, like it's a big deal. Like sin is a big deal. So doing whatever you can to get it, get away from it is huge. And I think we do have to be careful of like we have to understand grace and truth. God wants to lavish us with his grace and like show us grace. But the truth is, is he hates our sin. And we need to hate our sin. Um, that doesn't mean we have to hate ourselves and loathe um, who we are and sit in it, bask in it. That's what Satan wants. But we do need to attack sin and, like, we, we need to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's an easy thing to do. Um, convictions from God. Guilt is not. Yeah. Guilt is something that's just going to push us towards ourselves, push us towards a, a feeling. Um, okay. Th- this is another one. Uh, kind of changing gears again. What are your thoughts on how the COVID-19 crisis relates to revelation? Um, is the, the vaccine or, or some other, um, is it a mark of the beast? Are earthquakes and tornadoes in the pandemic the sixth seal? Uh, or is all of this just another showing of God's power and how he can use situations for his glory? Logan, what would you say? That's, that's, a, just, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a big softball. question. And I do think that this is really important right now. Um, yeah. talking about this thing. Um, and, and I think that we have a tendency as Christ followers, I have a tendency as a Christ follower to kind of shy away from, I don't want to talk about the rapture. I don't want to talk about end times. Like I, I was talking to Coco about it earlier. I was like, God, I got stuff I want to do uh, in my life. So, But uh, I think one of the best passages to really speak to this situation is in First Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica here, and this is what he's telling the believers. He says to them, hey, when Jesus comes back, he's going to come like a thief in the night, okay? Uh, So there's a lot of uncertainty with that. When you read through the book of Revelation, it can be confusing. I mean, when you read through it, I recently just read through it, and, uh, and you're left with a lot of questions. And I think it's good to study it dive into it. I don't have a problem with people theorizing and, um, and talking through that. Is, is the rapture going to happen? Yes. Uh, are we in it? I don't know. But here's what I do know how you need to respond to it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says this, if you are a believer, then you are not a child of the dark. You are a child of the light. All right, so you, you're, living in, you're living in light. So you don't need to be fearful of when that day comes because you're not living in darkness. You need to be sober-minded and be watchful. But I love what it says in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. It talks about how we, you know, God's death, or what he wants for us is not wrath. That God wants us to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. And so Man, like God's heart is not after our demise, it's after our salvation. And so I think we have to rest in that hope. I would encourage anyone, study it, um, read into it, look into it. I think it's a good thing. I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know how we should be responding as believers 
live as children in the light, be sober-minded, and take heart because God's desire for you is not wrath, but salvation. Yeah, I think it's important to know and remember that Christ wins in the end. So when things go awry, when government doesn't do what we hope it's going to do, when people don't do what we hope they're going to do, we, we remember that Christ comes back and he redeems all things. So that's what I'm going to put my hope in. So yeah, is, is, is COVID-19 a big deal? Yeah, but there have been world wars and pandemics in the past and other things that, it, yeah, they've been tough. They've been hard. Is it a sign of the end times? I, I don't know. We, we should be wise. We should live sober-minded thinking not everything is something that we should just throw up our hands and go, this is it, because we don't know. But we should be sober-minded thinking, hey, everything, Christ is coming back. So we should live our lives. Coco, you said something about this earlier about like, hey, what would you do if you knew he was coming back tomorrow? Well, you'd probably be pretty obedient today. You'd probably take some things seriously and not just go, ah, I don't know. I'm just going to do whatever. Um, Coco, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I've definitely been like, I'm scared. I'm not scared. I'm scared. I'm not scared. And Y'all, I have been, like, even just with this thing, it's, it, can, it can be fearful, and it can be scary. And I, I was telling the guys earlier, I feel like Revelation is very sci-fi-y, and I hate sci-fi. So I'm like, I don't know how to handle that. Anyway, uh, but this is what I have to remember. I have to come back to this. Anytime I get scared, anytime I'm fearful, I'm like, God will never leave me nor forsake me. That's something I can count on. I can count on how he talks all the time in the Bible about do not fear for I'm with you. And so remembering that God is always with me. And I think about this. This is kind of something I was thinking about earlier. James will go around in, the, in my parents' house and he'll walk by my dad and he just simply says this, you're my dad. And I, and I just noticed that he kept saying that and it's so sweet. And he just kept saying, you're my dad. And I love that because it helps me remember that I can look at God and I can say, God, you're my dad. You're my father who loves me so much that he's never going to leave me nor forsake me. So the, the, the idea of being fearful of this is real. But remember the truth of scripture that God has swore you he's not against you and that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so we're going to be okay because we have Jesus. So. Yeah, and that means, I mean, take precaution, be wise, but still, I mean, live hopeful knowing we have a good father. I, I love, I mean, what you hang on to in fearful times or in fear is like what you, what you said. You, you had scripture to hang on to. You based what you, you didn't just say, hey, it's not going to be a big deal. This season's going to pass. Somebody will come up with a cure. You went, no, 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 God's never going to leave me. You knew exactly what God's word says, that that's what Jesus did when he was tempted that you were tempted to think a certain way and you right. had you had to 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 hold on to a, a bedrock of mm. scripture to know what his word says that man we we have to know what God's word says because if we don't know what he says he's just an idea mm. in our mind that we're going to let any number of things yeah. take well and i think it's so easy for us to see stuff on social media see stuff and and it's can be scary and so i have to it's not just like a one and done thing it's like a okay i'm fearful again Okay, I'm going to remember again. I'm it's fearful a again. By yeah. Yes. So it's like it's okay because I can I can go back. I can refocus. I can refocus. I can refocus. Um, and so that's been super helpful. Okay. Um, someone else said I deal with anger. Where do I start having freedom or success from that 
emotion from anger. Logan, what would you say? Man, I think that this was probably one of the biggest questions that does face our community. When when we look back at like the beginning of our semester and we ask people, hey, like, what are you, what are you struggling with? You need, you, you know, like we asked people to come and bury something during our grow series. And a lot of people mentioned they were struggling with anger. And uh, man, I, I just want you to know, like me too, and I still am. Uh, I, I, you guys knew me whenever I was 18. And now you know me, you know, at, at 29, like a lot has changed for me. Um, God has been so good to me, but I still struggle with anger every day. I struggle with anger um, being a father. I struggle with anger of being a husband. I struggle with anger of being a leader. Um, and I think there's two different types of anger that we see. We see, uh, this is me. I'm like an outburst kind of guy. I can throw a fit like a two-year-old with the best of them. Um, and it, I'm not proud of that, all right? And it, it's like funny to joke, um, but like, you know, Proverbs twenty nine eleven says a fool a fool gives full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. And that's like that outward expression. It feels so good to be angry. And maybe you're not like an outward expression. I don't bottle it up. I just get it out. Um, but maybe you're like you bottle anger. It can feel good to hold a grudge. It can feel good to be bitter. But all that's doing is hurting yourself. And so with anger, I would say this. I want to encourage people in this. Um, God can do something in an overnight moment, like the Damascus Road experience for the apostle, uh, for, for Paul. Um, his life was changed by an interaction with God in an incredible way, like right then. Things changed for him. And God will work that way and does work that way, but also God chisels away at our heart over time. And that's been my experience. Like I've been mad at God a couple times, like, hey, are you gonna, you gonna take this from me? <laughs> I'm praying about it. I'm trying to do the right things. I feel like I'm doing the CPR. Um, but in those moments, we have to know that day after day, week after week, month after month, leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit and God's work will transform our hearts. And so don't give up heart. Don't quit. Satan wants you to quit. Don't quit. Yeah, I think that there's a ton of weight in like, yeah, 11 years ago, you were almost a different person. And it's been a long road of, of God pressing you and chiseling things away and working on you that like, there, there's seasons where you felt like God probably did a big thing. Then there are also seasons where you just had a good season of, of growth and he changed your heart. And I think that's what we have to remember is that God will do good things in all seasons. And if, when you look at seasons, there's seasons of a lot of rain and, and little growth. There's seasons of winter and things seem really, really dry. Um, and we have to trust that God's doing something in all of those seasons. But we have to be faithful with what God's, what God's uh, given us. So, um, Logan, thank you for that. Um, okay, I'm going to ask one more question apiece, um, unless we have another one come in. Uh, Coco, what does it look like to thrive during quarantine? What, what do you think that that looks like for you? Man, I think we have so much more time on our hands. Obviously, we're in our houses. We're not doing things. And so for me, it has been so um, important for me to listen to tons of worship music. I feel like I am working outside, you know, with the birds, but also I can have music going. Um, that has been so, like, healing to my soul because it just is a constant reminder of who God is, who God is. Um, so definitely tons of worship music. Um, I have loved doing podcasts. Uh, I have I've quoted JP, I think, like, twice. Okay. JP, we, JP Pecluda. Pecluda? Okay. Yeah, From, Jonathan yeah. Pecluda. Jonathan Pecluda. He was like a young adults pastor. Now he's a pastor. Uh, so his becoming something 
something podcast is so good. And so I think just really using this extra time uh, to go listen to podcasts and to listen to books, if you like Audible or whatever, um, I think that's been huge. And just spending extra time with God that's um, just more slow has been so good because, uh, you know, in the mornings it's quick, quick, quick. Um, and so just spending some extra time, uh, really just taking it easy and taking it slow and just asking God to, to do something in your heart and in your life during this time to just not waste it. And so that's been my prayer. Like, God, don't let me leave this time unchanged. Really do show me what you want to show me, uh, work in my heart, work in my life, chisel away some things in my heart that I need to be changed, um, and help me to grow from this process and, and really see it as a time of, of catalyst into the next, uh, season after quarantine. Uh, I can, I just, in my prayers, I want to look back and be like, man, that's when God showed me this. That's when God really pointed this out to me. Uh, and so I think really just uh, spending extra time with him has been so huge to thrive in quarantine and have fun. It's another random thing, but have fun. Yeah, me as well. Logan, what would you say? Man, thriving quarantine, just like don't waste opportunity. I think it's just simple with what Coco said. I mean, you probably have more time to read scripture, to pray, to worship, to study God's word than you might ever get again as far as like, and you could create some habits now that will impact you the rest of your life. So yeah, I would say that. Yeah, for, for me, I'll answer my own question. Um, <laughs> for me, I would, I would say, because for, for some people, if you work in the healthcare or food, I mean, so, some people have not slowed down. Some things have gotten more chaotic. And um, I would just trust what God is doing in this season. Um, for us, we're at home with two toddlers. So for me, it's a different type of rest. It's, it's, it's rest playing with my boys, which I love, but it's different. It's not so quiet. Kids be crazy. I sometimes. get to come to, to work and things slow down and things get a little bit more chill. Um, so I would just say trust what God's doing in this season and trust I mean, if God's got you quarantined with a person or or you know, God put a person on your heart, reach out to them, FaceTime them, call them, send them text messages, send them what you've been reading. Um, do something that like press into the season that God has sent you into. Um, you know, I, I just keep thinking of Psalm 23. He makes me lie down in still waters. And I just think as with us as a society that we are go, go, go. We are as fast as we can be. And I think God looked at us and said like, Hey, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call y'all need down. to chill. Yeah. Y'all need to need to chill. Um, and do, do all these things intentionally be, be smart, um, about all those things. Um, I've eaten so much food since this thing has started. I just want to confess that it's a different kind everyone. of eating. I do board eating now. Um, guys, any more thoughts on, on anything that we've talked about or any advice that you'd have for young adults? No, it was a fine answer. I just want to say I'm I'm I miss community and I'm so I think I'm more thankful than ever um, to just be a part of a church body and so if you're not a part of a church body on the regular just want to encourage you in that so I w I would say this um, if you're joining us and this is all new to you I would say the most important thing that you can have as an answer is Jesus Christ um, I, we would all say that if you got to the core of anything that we asked tonight or answered tonight. Jesus will change your life. Um, he's at the core of every answer that we had. He's at the core of anything that we talked about. Um, and, and I just want to read uh, Titus 3, verse 3. It says, For we were ourselves once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. And, men, if you're that person, you probably have some questions. And I think we've all been there at a certain time. But the next verse is 
one of the most incredible things you'll read in the Bible. It says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration, renewal of the Holy Spirit. That if you're watching and you don't have that, if those first set of words would be what describes you better than my life is changed by Christ and renewal and regeneration and changed by Jesus, I would tell you to press in and to just ask God, God, will you save me? The Bible says that punishment for all those things, that his son took that punishment for us, rose three days later so that we could have life and so that we could reflect the piece of advice that no matter where you are tonight, that will change your life. Guys, anything to add? I would just say if that's you and you want to make it as, um, you know, what, what, fill out a connection card, highstreet.org slash connect. Let us know. We would want to talk to you. If you just have questions and you didn't feel like asking everybody. Yeah, we do. Hey, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Tuesday for Tuesday Night Live. We will see you next time. See ya.